you want to clap? Yeah, let's clap in. All right. Three, three, two, two one. All right, that was that was good. That was good. That might have been our best one. That was our best one. That was our best one by far. (laughs) I could tell because we were in sync in the video too. That was hot. Yeah, that was hot. Yeah, Lucas, I know I just talked to you thirty thirty minutes ago, asking a very similar thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, how are you? Uh, Doing well. Doing well. Right. Um, Considering the technical difficulties we just had, uh, for those just joining us, um, we are making have an hour of recording our anything's possibles, um, back to back. Um, and as we are with this episode, we are live streaming it to YouTube. We also live stream the previous episode. So Lucas and I, we're on a kick tonight. We are. We're, this is high octane for us. We're, <laughs> um, there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on. We, we tried Twitch. Um, Bezos said, no, get, get. <laughs> he, he heard us making fun of China. One of the last episodes, he didn't want us to, to, uh, damage those relationships any further. So we're back on YouTube with Google. And um, I forget the CEO's name. I apologize. But uh, we're feeling good. The energy's high. I had a banana and Belvita before I got here. Um, I think we're ready. I think we're yeah, ready. I had a shot of whiskey, so we're, we're ready. Did you? We got a lot of energy from that. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Feeling loose? Feeling pretty loose. Bro, this, feeling pretty good. I said um, the last episode. I'm going to say it again. This, this brunch group is changing you. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, um, this brunch group. All right. Well, um, I'm excited. Uh, This is a topic that um, I've been wanting to hear about for a long time. I know that many people have been um, talking about this for a long time. I think that there's a lot of scary things involving VR. There's a lot of fear around VR Mm -hmm. um, over the last few years. Um, You're seeing more and more VR content out there in a lot of viral ways. Um, and I think there's a, a part of VR that's been a little bit overlooked, um, and how video games can really, um, help us in certain has, ways. Yeah. I mean, yeah. video games have literally saved everybody's lives that have played oh, yeah. them because they're so incredible. Um, but Matt, I really want to hear from you what you got for us today on, um, our anything's possible about VR as therapy. Yeah. So really quickly, I want to, I'd like to start by giving a shout out to, um, our good friend Bubbles who has um, been referenced on this podcast a great many times at this point. I feel like he was the person I met when I virtually, when I did my playthrough of Journey for the podcast. Highly recommend that episode if you have not had the chance to go and watch that episode yet. But basically, this is a person I met playing a video game online in a co-op mode, and I got around to chatting with them. Super awesome person. They're from like Europe. Had a great time chatting with them. And he started telling me about all these passion projects they're working on, and particularly... They're very interested in the VR space. Um, and moreover, they're rather than just what, you know, VR can mean for games and how immersive it can be as it improves. Because, you know, right now, obviously, we do have, like, the Oculus headsets, the Oculus Quest, HTC Vive, all the good stuff. And that immersion's there, but it's not quite, like, at the Sword Art Online level that some people might think of if you've seen that anime. Um, but it's definitely getting there slowly. But what one of the most unique and exciting applications of it now that he and I were, or excuse me, they and I were geeking out on together is VR as therapy applications. Um, now, what I think is interesting is in, in today's world, I mean, Lucas, you could probably agree with me on this. Mental diseases, whether it's depression, anxiety, PTSD, uh, what have you, can it's just more recent that the stigma around that is, you know, dropping, right? Dropping, right. Um, particularly, I mean, around young people. I mean, if you 
would go to your parents before like dad or mom i'm depressed you know before the conversation would be like okay like you want me to buy you a toy? Like, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a, treated uh, with the same amount of care and respect that it that it is treated with now, for sure. Right, yeah. And maybe the first, you know, thought back then, and maybe say five, even just five years ago, maybe the first thought would be, oh, we're just going to drug them up and it'll be good. And so, you know, some medication's great, but then it's also important to explore, um, you know, versions of therapy and kind of whether that's psychotherapy, just talking to a psychologist and seeing how that can help you. And one of the most exciting things to me is how VR is starting to be integrated into that healing process for people. Um, I have a few examples I want to go over today um, of how this has been used in society so far. And we can kind of just um, just chat about it. I think this is a really cool topic, and I think it's yeah. such, a cool th- such a cool thing to see video games helping people. Yeah. And um, while these aren't necessarily games in the traditional sense of what the way they're being used and applied – this is technology that's originally derived with this kind of stuff in mind, right? With gaming in mind and seeing it being applied to these other spaces is just so exciting to me. Right. Um, so very excited to get into this. But one, one thing before you jump into that, Matt, that I do want to say before we get started, because I know okay. we're going to be covering some mental health topics and different therapy, yes. um, you know, techniques that are starting to be pioneered in the VR space. And, you know, if you're if you're out there and you're suffering from anything like that, you know, um, we're we're. Just like Matt said, I think the stigma has dropped. We're no different. Um, we're we're we just want people to get help. We want people to um, fully be aware and transparent about their issues, if you so choose. There's no stigmas or judgment amongst us. I think you'll find that for a lot of people within our generation. That um, you know, it's 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 a it's a really uh, it's a clear and present topic and epidemic yes. that's hitting that's hitting our culture and our generations. And um, if you if you want to get help, get some help. There's plenty of really great resources out there. And um, you know the exciting thing is that this is, could be just another avenue that people can go down to to get the help that they need. And you know different techniques work for different people. Um, and this could be one of those techniques that work for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry to interrupt, Matt. Take it away. No, great point. So. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is a VR being used to help seniors in um, long-term care facilities and nursing homes being used to fight depression. So a company named Vita Vita was able to raise up enough money to purchase a bunch of various um, headsets, more like the more um, remote kind, such as, say, like the Oculus Quest. It's fully remote. You don't need, like, a actual computer rig to be able to run it. And what these people started doing, what this company started doing is they'd go into these senior homes and traditionally, I mean, we're talking about like the younger generation is finally getting treated for depression and things like that. And that stuff really being acknowledged as an issue. It's very much an issue in these senior homes as well. I mean, people used to think just you get old and you get a little sad, right? Because why wouldn't you? You're coming to the end of your life. But what people weren't recognizing is that that sadness could be something more. It could be a rooted depression. Um that could be possibly, you know, treatable and could be helped uh, mediated in these people. And so what Vita Vita did was they got these headsets and they started going to um, these skilled nursing facilities and these long-term care facilities, and they'd bring these headsets to them. And these headsets would have these immersive and these crazy virtual environments, you know. These people could go to London. These people could go to China. These people could actually enter paintings like the Mona Lisa, and engage in those paintings and engage in the world kind of around them and i remember i was watching this youtube video on it just kind of going into it and it was like the most incredible things you're seeing these 
this older generation that kind of have this probably not to like knock on them but like just to be fair probably doesn't have that good of a concept of like where technology is currently at like what it could be capable of currently and you're seeing them perk up as they get to explore these worlds right and even further beyond this it could have applications to those that are say bedridden right let's say for example someone's on hospice care and you know maybe it's like a prolonged illness um and they know where it's going and they're not really able to leave right imagine the joy on someone's face and i got to see that joy on these faces in this video where these people that don't really get to go anywhere they get to enter these worlds and kind of have this the sigh of relief and the sense of relaxation and experience this new environment and somewhere that in their current state they don't get to be and you're hearing about these people talk about it after and they're saying they're not just thinking like oh this, these young kids this, these gimmicks right they're <laughs> saying like wow it truly like, it truly helped this was amazing and this was this immersive environment and i mean i don't know if you've had the chance to play around in a vr vr headset you lucas but it really does create this immersive totally. environment. totally no know? i yeah i have and it it really does really does do that and especially if you do have like a good headset i mean obviously right now with our current technology you can only do so much as far as like how immersive you can actually make it but we got the eyesight pretty down that yeah. the vision um sense and we got the um, the hearing sense sound pretty as good as well if you have a good set of um, headphones. So we're able to create this immersive environment that just really creates this therapeutic um, session for these um, um, older people, this, this geriatric yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. population. Um, and I, I just think that's that's so phenomenal. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I like that. You know, it's it's so... It's so interesting because um, I, I've toyed around with a little bit of a VR headset before. I did I did a Galaxy Gear um, back when I had like a Galaxy S5 or S6 um, when you could use your phone as the actual screen. Um, and then I had a, a Gear thing. Um, it's in it's collecting dust in a box somewhere now. But um, even then, it, it it was decently far along. Um, I was able to. I remember I did, just to test it out. I did like a Netflix app where you watch a movie in a big movie theater. Um, I, I just wanted to see how immersed I can truly get. So I, I sat in this big movie theater, but I was really just sitting in my bed um, and I had my headphones on. Um, I was watching and listening and watching something on Netflix and I was in this giant movie theater and the screen looked huge. So you had to kind of like move your head around and look at this big screen. Um, and this was this is the weird thing. It was dark in my room, no lights were on. I wanted to like try and really craft the immersive experience for myself. Right. Yeah. And then when I took everything off, the headset and the headphones and everything, after being in there for like five, 10 minutes, all of a sudden it, it was like, whoa. Like it, it, once you get out of it, you realized how really in it you were mm -hmm. um, because like your senses are completely overwhelmed by your, your headphones being on and your eyes being completely yes. dominated by this stuff. And um, it really, really does uh, immerse you, you know? So I can see if you're hit with um, anything, it's gonna be amplified. Whether, you know, people have been doing a lot of horror stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, you see a lot of those viral videos of people getting scared, Twitch streamers playing VR stuff on a headset. Um, you're seeing a lot of stuff now of like people going through some of these beautiful experiences too. Um, and I do think that's very special and, and has a, a, a real solid place. Absolutely, and I, I can't get over enough just, like, how sweet and wonderful their reactions were to see, right? Because, I mean, it's, they're just thinking, like, you just hear them put them on, and you're like, oh, this, they're like, this is superb, or this is wonderful. And they're talking about how great of an experience it was. And um, things like that, I think, are just 
wonderful, right? Yeah. Um, so is um, sorry to interrupt. So that good. YouTube video that you're referring to, we'll throw that in the link for the description for for the people mm-hmm. watching or people listening here or the the live. We are recording live, so there's going to be a little bit of time travel involved in this uh, <laughs> in this episode for some of the people that are watching now and then listening later. But yeah, um, let's throw that video in there so people can check it out. Um, I know that everybody would could use a little bit of joy in their life. Yes, definitely, absolutely. And you know what? For the chat, I'm going to throw it in there right now. All if right, you're... chat, you're getting a special, special treat today. Special you're going to be able treat. to – Just don't don't close our window, though. Keep the don't. viewership it's up on, on our live stream. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the viewership up on our live stream, <laughs> but but make sure you, you go check out that video when you get yes. a sec. And, all right, and then so a few more examples I wanted to touch on with this. Um, I, I read this article on iMotions.com specifically on VR therapy as well as using biometrics, like measuring kind of the, the heart rate and stuff like that. And how that can be used to treat more um, acute isn't the right word, but other just general chronic um, mental health issues and diseases. Um, so norm, uh, notably one of them being a big one, treating anxiety. And this is one that Bubbles brought up to me, actually, when I was chatting with them on Steam. And kind of like we were both just like nerding out on it together. Thinking, I'm like, really oh God, interested this in this. I'm really interested in this one for sure. Yeah. So, you know, traditionally when you're like when you're trying to treat anxiety, you kind of, you, you talk through the issues with said counselor or therapist about like what the triggers are, what causes those um, situations in the first place. And then you start working on like, okay, how can you better relax in these situations? Right. Or how can you um, better, um, you know, keep those stressors away from your life. And oftentimes, I mean, those stressors aren't always things that you can remove those triggers or you can't really remove a crowd, right? If you ever want to leave your home or something like that, or you can't right. really remove um, the, like, again, the crowd at a concert or the people in a restaurant, right? That's just something that's always going to be there. It's, it's more of a dissection and avoidant uh, style of like, Hey, when you encounter situation, a take actions, a, B and C mm-hmm. um, after that. Yes. I have heard that. Um, you know, and at, at certain points in my life, I've, you know, suffered more or less from anxiety and, you know, followed certain techniques to deal with said anxiety using sort of a methodology, right? But sorry, continue. Yeah. And I mean, one of the ways that VR is now starting to be applied is into this realm specifically. So and, um, I'm going to read this as a quote. A new and promising project is looking at solving these problems with the use of VR. The project is led by the Psychiatry Center of Copenhagen and uses immersive environments built by Kona VR, like a leading Scandinavian VR company, um, to build these environments to allow the patients to experience exposure therapy in a safe, adaptable, and in my opinion, arguably most importantly, accessible environment. Mm. Yes. Now, before we get to like the semantics of what this project included and kind of how they approach things, I, want, I wanted to take into consideration for a moment the fact that, you know, therapy, I mean, at least here in the U.S., I'm sure it's much better in a um, Scandinavian country where they probably have, you know, global health care. But at least here in the U.S., health care isn't necessarily that accessible if you don't have, like, a traditional job or something like that. Or Unfortunately. Have, unfortunately, right. So some of these things might not be that accessible, and even if you are – you know, getting, say, some sort of advice online, like you're not really able to apply that treatment that well per se that you might get. Like, it's one thing to be told, um, 
you know, do A, B, and C to relax yourself in a certain situation, do expose yourself to certain situations in certain manners. But and it's, it's another thing to do that by yourself, and it's another thing to do that under the guidance of a proper psychologist or counselor, what have you. But what I love about these VR projects is that you potentially have for almost, um, well, obviously under the supervision of a professional and under the guidance and their direction, engaging in these sort of kind of homemade, per se, therapies in these um, more accessible environments. Because, I mean, shit, therapy probably costs um, like proper like psychoanalyst therapy. I'm sure a lot of in the money. realms of... 80 to 100 an hour at the very least, right? That's not cheap, right? That's that's extremely expensive and probably more per session, honestly. I would not be surprised. But, you know, an Oculus Quest, um, the wireless headset right now, cost maybe, not, not sponsored, by the way, cost maybe, <laughs> um, that's just what comes to mind. That cost maybe, I think the cheapest model is either 200 or 300, I forget. Much more affordable than repeated sessions of psychotherapy or speaking right. of psychologists or something like that. Yeah, and that, and that's not to say that one is necessarily a replacement for the other outright. Um, exactly. But but here's another avenue or a tool that you can go down to try and handle some of these issues that you might have, exactly. right? Like maybe yeah. you just meet with someone once and then they give you the tools you need and then you're able to get something else like the quest to supplement that or maybe you do it in tandem. Like there's so many ways this can be applied and used to be assisted. Um, right. Uh, used to assist therapy. So, so I know that um, what we talked about was sort of a style of overcoming anxiety where people are given sort of methodology and a way to break down either what causes their anxiety or how they might alleviate their anxiety given a certain situation or both. Um, yes. That's a certain style, but, but you brought up, what, what was it, uh, exposure or immersion therapy? Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if those are exclusively different or have some overlap or they're the same thing, um, but... Um, so, so the headsets are really, or the, the VR can be utilized for that specific style of therapy. It's not like you're talking to someone through the headset exactly. or getting the methodology through it, but it's really a safer environment for you to expose yourself to those certain triggers, um, in a safer way where you could just take it off or you can be gradually inducted into that situation in a way that mm -hmm. is healthier for you, um, or safer to a certain degree. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, one of the traditional ways that people would do this is, you know, they would, maybe their psychologist would accompany them to, like, a social environment or a social place, whether that's a crowd, a concert, what have you, it would kind of, like, monitor them and um, um, assist them as needed, whereas this is kind of a more, like I mentioned, accessible way to do it, um, but as Luke is mentioning, it should be done under guidance, and it's, it's meant to be, like, a controlled, safe environment, right? And yeah. it can even be done in tandem, like maybe, you know, I mean, imagine during COVID right now, how nice it would have been if your therapist also had a VR headset and you guys chatted that way, right? Little oh, things yeah. like that could be uh, so Just pure utility. Yeah, pure utility yeah. at that point. Huh? There's so much utility cool. to it. And I um, I can't help but feel like maybe we underutilized it almost during this uh, oh, totally. pandemic. Yeah. yeah, totally. But so going into the specifics of the project, so the project featured 27 different scenes across five different scenarios that were commonly found to be um, anxiety-provoking. So they included um, different levels of standing in a line while in a supermarket, attending a party. Okay. Three, attending a formal meeting and giving a presentation. Four, small talking and debating in 
The article calls it a canteen, but we'll call it a bar. Okay, um, canteen. Cantina, you mean. <laughs> canteen. It says canteen. This is called oh, okay. Yeah. You're, okay, got it. Yeah. Um, or five, entering an auditorium. Um, so that you're able to, you know, fairly realistically simulate these environments in a 3D setting through VR. And what I love about that is, you know, I mean, if you have a patient that's fucking killing it, right, you can do a power hour and go through these, right, versus whereas yeah. if you're, you know – going out and experiencing things, these things with just your therapist, it might take longer. And I want to be clear, I'm not, if it takes longer, by all means, regardless of what avenue you're going for. Um, but again, this just comes down to when I'm preaching about like the accessibility of this and how this can be used to really open up treatment to more people, I think, which is so exciting. Yeah. And more so, here's what I really love about it. They even started implementing eye tracking into these sessions. So they would be able to look at how often and how long these people are able to actually hold um, eye contact with these 3D models before they like get stressed and look away and little things like that. Really? Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, and that data is able to kind of use to help serve as a measure because that's kind of a new thing, obviously. So it's not really being used clinically um, in treatment like plans yet, but it's being used to both, um, you know, start to build data about you know VR as therapy as well as just like studying eye contact and like eye contact times in general, which I find incredibly fascinating. Yeah. Um, and they are even able to use it like over time to slowly start seeing improvement in these people doing these plans. Like eventually the, instead of maybe holding eye contact for 1.3 seconds, they got to 2.7 right before like stressing out and looking away or something like that. So, so are we seeing uh, real results translate into real life interactions where people are going through these therapies, doing immersion and exposure, and then ending up in that situation and having an easier time dealing with it? Or are the so results I, still out? I wasn't able to totally dig into the um, like the 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 like scholarly like journals right of these mm -hmm. studies, just like the layman's term. But the basic thing is, I like, guess, there are like early signs that this does help. And it was also, like I mentioned, like they were able to see like genuine, you know, by the numbers improvement in these people that hold holding eye contact in these VR simulations. Yeah. Well, any any studies that are out now are, you know, going to need to be verified and peer reviewed yeah, for a long exactly. period of time. So any any study being realistically published, if it's being done now, still several years out. And then there's probably mm -hmm. backup studies and reviews after that. Yes, there's plenty, exactly. plenty, plenty of things to go through. Um uh, just just studies being the nature of the beast. But yeah, I, I, I find that so interesting. I think, um, you know, instinctually, my, you know, my first thing hearing this is that, yeah, no, it totally would work um, in a certain for a certain crowd of people um, for certain therapies and certain fears. You know, I, I think certain things that might, in fact, amplify um, and be a little um, scary. You know, like if you're yeah. if you have anxiety about um, and for our American listeners, this, this might be pretty normal, but for any international listeners out there, it, it might be weird, but you know, some people have anxiety about like mass shootings in a crowd. Um, it's America. They happen very often. Um, it's a horrible reality that we live with. I think that immersing somebody in an anxiety stricken situation like that probably would just amplify certain things. Um, but I could see it working for like public speaking, general crowds, grocery stores, things that are truly safe or you know safer exactly. um, and and people just need a slow exposure to these situations in order to overcome them because their fears might be foundationally ir irrational um, or founded by some sort of phobia or something like that 
And these things would, would for sure help expose them to those sort of things, even if it's an abstract exposure, like a 3D yes. modeling or sort of an abstraction of it or, or anything like that. Yeah. That's sort of my yeah. take. And I mean, I think anything that can help progress the treatment of mental diseases and illnesses and anything that can over time, you know, start to contribute to that conversation as well is just very important and very exciting. Um, and uh, as well in this article, there are two other particular ways it was being used to treat mental disorder, not disorders, excuse me, mental illnesses that I want to address and talk about a little bit. Um, another notable one that they worked on was treating PTSD. Um, and the notice that, you know, obviously, so PTSD, for those who aren't totally familiar, um, involves flashbacks, nightmares, and anxieties of certain events that were frightening um, and often but not exclusively caused by experiencing situations that most people will encounter, like such as a violent attack or like an example of this that you probably have seen in the movies and like any war movie that, you, that you've seen is the veteran coming home. And them hearing like um, bombshells like and a guns bomb shell and yeah, from fireworks. Like fireworks or yeah. like associating fireworks with like explosives in war or like a car muffler popping being like a grenade or something like that. Um, whether you like it or what opinions about this movie aside, I think American Sniper like probably illustrates that really well when he comes home um, and is trying to like acclimate himself back into society. So definitely a very real thing for you know not only like you know, war veterans, but people that have gone through like maybe, um, sexual assaults, things like that, um, robberies, mm -hmm. really anything of that nature, um, or any sort of traumatic event that really raised their stressors in that moment, kind of like past their limit. Right. Um, so PTSD is often treated through the patient remembering traumatic experiences in a safe environment. Um, and also enabling the extinguishing of the strong emotional influence on the memory. And, how VR is being integrated into this was a, they were able to start to slowly kind of expose them to some of those situations. And the example they have here is a preliminary study was looked at where they examined the impact of VR therapy with um, emergency workers who were at the Twin Towers on September 11th, right? Oh, wow. Um, and they actually found that there were positive outcomes for people that stuck with and maintained the treatment um, for six months and that they had positive um, feelings and like less stressors, like being in New York and things like that um, after the fact, right? Um, so that's like a super exciting, very real world and very practical application. Wow. Okay, that's awesome. So, so there are situations where we're able to expose people to really traumatic events, um, mm -hmm. like a like a shooting or a tragedy or you know some sort of cataclysmic event like a nine eleven or something, and it is working. Yes. Okay. And yeah, I think the awesome. important thing here to know is that like it's a safe environment, right? You know, mm -hmm. it's. And you brought it up earlier. It's something that can be very easily removed quickly if it becomes too stressing. Because all you got to do right. is take the headphones, take the headset off, and you're back in reality. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, if, like, and going back to anxiety, like, let's say you go with your psychologist or you go by yourself to try and brave a crowd at the supermarket, what have you. Um, if you start having, like, um, you know, a panic attack while you're out there, then you're in a much less safe environment. You're probably not going to... Um, some of the bystanders might not be as kind, you know, versus where if you're experiencing that at home and kind of working on that yourself, um, you know, that's an opportunity for you to do it in a safe yep. environment. And I, I want to be clear. I'm not like trying to promote one sort of therapy over the other. I just think it's interesting and exciting that there are all these options for people to treat themselves now and more options than maybe there were 10 years ago. 
That's really cool. Yeah. I think that, um, see, I would have thought that exposure to those really high intense, high stress events would like short, short circuit the brain in a way, uh, and make us like unable to like, you take off the headset and then you realize that like this nightmare could be anywhere and all that stuff. But it sounds like it, it actually under the guidance I'm assuming of a lot of professionals exactly. can really, really help with some people overcoming those very stressful past traumatic situations. So that's great. Mm -hmm. That's great. This is just all sounds like good news to me. I mean, any more avenues uh, and and treatment routes that we can go down, certain things don't work and other things can. It's just going to be a good thing. Yes. Um, the, in this in this regard, it is the more the better, the more the merrier. Yeah. <laughs> as far as treatment paths for people that need it, which is just super important. Uh, and the final example being the also used it to treat um, addiction. Addiction is considered a disease. Um, and you actually used it in combination with biosensors as well as VR therapy. Um, so, for example, the self-reported self withdrawal symptoms um, of, say, nicotine users, um, they found they were able to predict those cravings and those experiences, like those withdrawal symptoms, by simulating a VR environment in which that person might get that craving. Um, wow. So little things like that were are just like the... So Sorry to interrupt. So someone, uh, you know, suffers from alcoholism, then uh, as an, uh, an addiction to alcohol, then they can immerse you in, let's say, like a bar setting or like a family party where there might be alcohol and then kind of help you overcome the urges or the need or desire to want to consume alcohol in that setting. Is that the idea? Exactly. Yeah. So they'll put them in these environments where like they might normally consume it and then they'll measure their biometrics and like help them like get through basically. Wow. Wow. So that's cool. And then, uh, you know, it, that is very, very interesting. I know that that's always a struggle with, um, you know, alcoholics is that uh, they have to kind of avoid certain situations where there would be a consumption of alcohol, whether that's a party. Um, they have to avoid a lot of situations like that. Obviously, going to bars is very triggering and very difficult mm -hmm. to go to. But through the use of VR therapy, they're able to begin to put on training wheels for those environments yes, in order exactly. to, when they approach those situations, which you always inevitably do, they will have the tools to inevitably deal with them. Mm -hmm. That is some powerful stuff. Yeah. So super exciting stuff for the future. I mean, VR is just such an exciting tool, I think. And we, uh, I mean, obviously there's not really any ever going to be a replacement for the real world. I think we can all agree on that, but what the VR can supplement and the ways VR and can supplement our lives, whether that's through even just more immersive gaming experiences with our friends to on the high end of like awesome achievement to being able to help treat mental diseases and mental illnesses and help improve the lives of people who maybe it wasn't as accessible to them as before. Maybe they weren't willing to go talk to a therapist. Maybe they want to do everything from home. Now it's, that could be an option for them pretty soon here. Right. Yeah. So I'm super excited about that. I think this is such an important thing in the world and such an important problem to address. Um, you know, if you are struggling in any capacity out there, do not be afraid to reach out and to find help. Um, you're important. You deserve to be here. And everyone agrees with that. So, Man, well said, Matthew. Um, I have no questions. I think it's uh, great stuff that you brought here to the table. Um, this is super, super Super exciting stuff. Might be one of the more important topics that we've covered here on Thanks for Playing. Um, just because it's it just uh, inspires hope. 
right? Um, it, it sounds does, like it's yeah. happening. It's happening at an international level, but it's also happening domestically here in the States. With something that's uh, very relevant, I mean, treating people that were traumatized by the events of 9-11, that's not, I mean, that's as hitting close to home as you can get for us Americans. Exactly. Um, yeah. And using cutting-edge technology to do something like that, that's only going to get better, um, is just nothing but positive in my book. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So... I don't know. That's that's all I got today. Um, shout out again to our buddy Bubble Bubbles for inspiring this Thank topic you, Bubble. and making me really want to dig into it. Appreciate <laughs> really cool. you. You've had an interesting impact on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, um, for sure. Well, everybody, um, thank you for listening to this week's Anything's Possible. Uh, just a few things for you before you take off and go about your day. Matt, where can people find us online? Uh, that, that's right, everyone. Um, you can find us online at TFP Podcast. That's TFP Podcast with an S on Twitter and Instagram. As well, you can shoot us an email at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. And as well, don't be afraid to maybe maybe go on your iPhone. Maybe go on your computer. Leave a review on the podcast, on the iTunes. Subscribe, follow, what have you, whatever you platform you use to listen to your podcast. We are on... Uh, where are we on now? Because we're on Stitcher we're on now. Yeah, so we're on Stitcher. We're, on Stitcher. Yes. we're on pretty much that everything a, now. That was a long one. Is, that took a while. Which is very took a while, exciting. but we got there. Yeah, I, I like tried for like a Matt figured out. Matt figure Matt actually out. yelled at the people of Stitcher until they put Politely. us on their platform. Yeah. Uh, we're on Stitcher right now. I do want to plug our Discord server. It is growing. Um, we have about uh, – we're getting numbers. We're on the board. Uh, we're getting about one or two new members a week. Uh, we're starting to build a community on there. We're linking to live recordings. In fact, mm-hmm. this recording right now is a live recording um, linked uh, especially on our Discord server and on our Instagram. So if you ever want to catch us recording live, um, we're going to be doing those announcements on our Discord server and our Instagram account. So basically, we're forcing you to follow those things um, and keep up with us there so that you could uh, check us out when we're recording live. When you watch us recording live, you can interact with us via the chat box um, right now on YouTube, soon to be on Twitch. Um, very exciting things are happening, guys. We're growing the pod. Yes. Um, you know, we're expanding our different rev- our, our different channels. Uh, we're now being on Stwi- Stitcher and expanding our audience there. Um, of course, building up our community on uh, the Thanks for Playing Discord server. We appreciate and love every single one of you guys. Yeah. And I would like to just really quickly... Uh, I always talk about how I'm going to read a review, but I never do. So I'm going to read the most recent review we have here. It is actually a new one. Um, so from May 12th from um, <laughs> Clarodactyl. Oh, she gave nice. us five stars. They say, nice. They say, I've known this guy for about four hours now. Pretty nice. That's it? That's the review? That's the review. All right, Clarodactyl. Um, that may or may not be someone I know who I asked to review the podcast a while ago. But, I don't uh, think it was. There's no way it was. was. Yeah. I, I, haven't, I haven't met anyone. I haven't left my room in years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Clarodactyl, for the review. And you could have a chance to be have your review read on the podcast as well. Um, tell us what uh, anime protagonist Lucas and I would be. I'd love, to hear. I, I would love to hear that, actually. That'd be cool. And maybe yeah. Lucas will finally watch Mob Psycho 100 one day. Oh. All right, everyone. That's all we got today. <laughs> and as always, remember, anything's possible.